Welcome, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. This week, we have assembled a panel to talk about, among other things, is six seconds too long to stare at a coworker. Netflix really wants to know. We also uh, want to find out if you would pay $38 to drink hot dog water. Yep. No matter you, that was the voice <laughs> of Jay Bennett. Jay Bennett is uh, from Shaftesbury. He's a producer. You produced Carmilla and Slasher. Uh, you also have a new film coming out that's playing in a really special way. Uh, one night only, and then it goes to VOD and all that sort of stuff. It's called Darken, and we will talk about that uh, in just a few minutes. Ruth Goodwin is also here. Ruth, uh, you know her voice from uh, uh, being on the show a lot of times. In fact, you emailed me and said, have I been on too much? Yeah. Have I been on too much mm -hmm. lately? And I can never <laughs> have too much Ruth on the show. Thank so you. Ruth is here to talk about uh, entrances and exits. Yep. It's uh, an all improvised show. You've got some guests, Colin Mockery, people are coming in. We'll talk about that. But I want to congratulate you about recently joining the cast of Private Eyes, starring Jason Priestley. You're a new mm -hmm. rookie cop. Mm -hmm, yep, I play a very keen intern police officer, which is awesome. Uh, and we're shooting all summer, so it's going to be uh, Have the you best. started? Yeah, we've shot, I've shot uh, three episodes. I was on a night shoot last night and uh, basically came here right from it. So. Well, you look, you look perky and fresh. <laughs> Thank you. I've had a lot <laughs> of coffee. As though you slept all night. Oh, mm -hmm. good, good, good. That's why you can't find your cell phone, maybe. That's, yeah, absolutely <laughs> why. I think I left it in the bathroom. I'll find it later. We'll find it later. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about entrances and exits. I want to talk about staring at your coworkers. So Netflix has released uh, a, 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 a set of guidelines about workplace harassment. And they are, and I'm just going to go down the list here, uh, shout, stop, don't do that again if a colleague has been inappropriate. Uh, don't give lingering hugs or touch anyone for a lengthy period of time. Mm -hmm. Don't ask out a colleague more than once if they've said no. It goes on and on and on. The one that kind of grabbed my attention was don't look at anyone for longer than five seconds. Jay, I'll start with you. Is five seconds, I mean, uh, five seconds it doesn't seem like very long when you just say it, but let's both stare at Ruth. For no, five I was going to say, and, I'm and it feels it. and it feels like a long time yeah. when you're actually doing it. Right? If you if you have nothing to say to a person and you're just sitting there staring at them, <laughs> uh, I think any of us would find. I even say like three seconds. Just imagine like I'm looking this way and I look over and you're just sitting there staring at me. That's pretty weird. It is kind of weird. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the rules now. Are we going to get into where you're sort of timing? Is, is Netflix sort of going to have clocks on the walls? Where, where does this end is well, the question. Where, where, where does it end though? I mean, I, I guess that's it. I mean, I don't love the idea of shouting, stop, don't do that again yeah. in a workplace. It seems a little, it, it, it's, it seems like the rules uh, are going to make it and I mean, this is something that everyone's been talking about this week, but less civil, you know? I mean, we're, we're yelling at people. I mean, if someone's doing something that's really egregious, absolutely. Yeah. I guess yell at them. But if they've stared at you for six seconds, are you like, stop, don't do that again, Ruth? Yeah. And I mean, I hate to say it, but if you're hired at Netflix and you're working there, are you really going to be the person that's like, stop, don't do that? I mean, it, it's just going to really... It seems ripe for an SNL uh, parody sketch yes, at some point. Absolutely. It's it, just awkward. It, it feels like it. I don't think I've ever dated anyone that I've worked with. But one well, here is don't ask I for have. a colleague's phone number, have you? Yeah. And how did that work out? I guess, well, but I guess in acting it's a bit different right. because you're not working f together for very for long, very long yeah. right? So, um, yeah, I have never been in an office setting with a co worker and. 
Every like, time you hear someone who works with a with a coworker, even mm-hmm. those relationships, that's got to be sort of mentally exhausting. Like to to think when does work end, when does life begin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. E- even as an idea, I, I I I've never done it, but I I can't imagine that's a Well, I makes think that, for. I, I mean, I you do right? Not in a, really in a way. You're, you're you and your wife work in the biz. You just we, did your first radio spot. I, I mm-hmm. did my first radio spot for her mm-hmm. because she's never hired me before. <laughs> but no, but she does. But we don't work together and right. didn't when we met. We've been together for seventeen uh, years, and and we were working at in much different places when when we met. Uh, and it just so happens that our worlds have collided. But she does not work here. Right. Right. Um, but we do work in the same business, and and that is uh, challenging enough because. Because we know a lot of the same people, and and we see the mistakes that people make, i.e., dating within the yeah. you know within the, the the work pool. I don't know that it can ever really work out well. Because what happens when you break up? I know. Oh my goodness! You know, one thing would be great to start using that at home, though. Stop! Don't do that anymore. <laughs> Absolutely, that would be great. And don't stare at me for longer d- yes. than five seconds. <laughs> All these things are things that I was familiar with from being around the house, sitting there eating cereal. Just yeah. Yeah. stop it. Don't do that. <laughs> Breathing, stop, don't do that. That actually sounds familiar. <laughs> I'm speaking with Jay Bennett. He is the producer of Darken, uh, directed by Audrey Cummings. Uh, we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Cool. And then Ruth Goodwin is here. Entrances and Exits is a show that you can see her do improv in with uh, people like Colin Mockery and all sorts mm. of other people. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show, too. So it was meant to be a joke, uh, but a guy bottled up and actually in kind of a beautiful way, like made a nice label for it and the whole thing, uh, hot dog water, boiled hot dog water and sold it for $38 at a music festival. Screaming hot outside. And they had a little sign that said, you know, this is going to make you feel better. Uh, this will, you know, it's got some protein in it. It's whatever it was. And, and they sold it. People actually bought it. Uh, Ruth, hot dog water. That for you. is disgusting. Um, I guess it must be like a commentary on something. It is. I mean, it was. It was an, the idea was uh, that it's people will buy something because they think it's hip. Right. People and and I love that it was over Father's Day and they uh, they had the the price of thirty eight dollars a bottle or a Father's Day special of two bottles for seventy five. Oh my god, so that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> I'm such a sucker though for like gimmicky stuff i'm a i'm a i'm i have so many graphic teas from festivals and i've had so much kombucha in my life that i've paid a lot of money for liquids yep. so i i don't know i mean that's obviously so stupid but at 38 dollars, honestly i think if that was Fifteen dollars. I probably would have looked really? at it and been like, maybe. But thirty-eight dollars, I don't spend on much. Uh, a disclaimer at the bottom of the hot dog water marketing materials read: uh, Hot dog water, in its absurdity, hopes to encourage critical thinking related to product marketing and the, in the significant role it can play in our purchasing choices. Mm. I got to say, I, I was going to announce here uh, the premium <laughs> of, of Polish sausage oh, water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sixty-two dollars a bottle. Very I've nice. opened a homebrew company in it's my backyard. It's fifty percent chunkier, mm. I imagine, than Ew. the regular hot dog water. <laughs> well, but apparently the guy sold a lot, right? Though it, it, it worked. Yeah, it, it did work. And the idea was. 
was that it was a, a, a big art project. You know, he got a $500 grant. Uh, the materials and everything, marketing and all that stuff, cost about $1,200. He got a grant? He got a grant to do this. Oh, my God. Well, because God. It, it, it's it's looking at what people will buy if it's, if it's packaged attractively uh-huh. enough. And the idea is if you extrapolate it, to a larger scenario, you look at it in the macro, uh, you know, it, it can apply to almost anything. Political ideas, if it's if it's tarted <laughs> up enough, you know, will people buy into something that maybe they normally wouldn't? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, I thought it was a really interesting thing. I would not have paid $38 no. for it. But I would have maybe later gone, damn, I wish I had paid $38. No, can you imagine that. having that in your fridge? What yeah. a great gag gift to pull <laughs> that out every wow. time. That would be awesome. You can literally just boil hot dogs and put them in a bottle. No, and but then this you was nice packaging. This, this was, was nice glass. Packaging. It had a label. I will make you some nice boiled hot dog packaging and I will charge you $5. In like an like an old Snapple jar, or something? yeah, or a nice mason jar. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's like homebrew stuff. That's nice. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Moonshine, hot dog, yeah. hot dog. moonshine, moonshine. Yep. Crack the market on this one. Good work, guys. I'll make it in my bathtub. Make it in your bathtub. <laughs> and then a really fine one, boiled lobster. Oh, um, boiled lobster water. shells. Yes. Water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, okay. So I guess no hot dog water for Ruth. No, but thank I think you. Jay would have some. You try it. Would I, you try it? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. You have to try everything once in life. I That's do the rule. not have to try everything once in life. <laughs> Well, perhaps you, you, anyone have tattoos? Do we have tattoos here? No. I have no, no tattoos. Clean. No. Yeah, I have no tattoos. Uh, there is a new company out there that is uh, selling tattoo ink that is made from the the DNA of famous people. So somewhere they've gotten a, a, a bunch of Elvis Presley's hair. And they have oh. extracted DNA from it. And they've put it in ink so you can actually get... A tribute to Elvis Presley, tattooed on your arm, made of his own DNA. Wow. But then I guess you could do that with anybody. Then. No, you could. But that's the whole idea here is that it, you, if you wanted to get one of a, a relative that's passed away, maybe a dog Ooh. or a pet. Walter. Or wow. something like that. Walter the dog. Walter my dog. I would actually, I'd do that for Walter. Really? Yeah. That's actually, I think it's, it's a really touching thing. It's not like mm-hmm. they're actually going to put someone's hair under there. Like, it's just the DNA, right? It is the DNA, so it's, you know, this mm-hmm. microscopic whatever yeah. cells that they're putting in this ink. You're fusing to your body. Yeah. It reminds me of, there was an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Um, <laughs> I might have missed I that one. Which I didn't watch, but heard about. But <laughs> where Chris uh, Jenner is looking into, uh, what, after she dies, you can have your... Um, your ashes turned into a diamond. Right. And Kim is thinking about wearing her mother as a diamond after she's dead. You know, I, Interesting. I, 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 yeah. And there's also a thing that happened to us recently. We had a, a family member pass away and we had to go up and, and make all the arrangements. And as we were leaving the funeral home, the guy came running up and said, oh, 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 well, there's one more thing. And he had some, uh, uh, like a, a little mannequin almost with, with a necklace on it. And it was a fingerprint. On hmm. it. So you can get a fingerprint of your dearly departed uh-huh. put on a, a piece of jewelry. And he said, but you got to make up your mind now because the cremation is tomorrow and you won't have another chance to do this. And, you know, that struck me as going over the line a little yeah. bit in terms of, of icky marketing. Can't you see the future of this sort of this this website? Like, where does it stop? So Elvis yeah. is sort of the premium. Yeah. But you could see this mm-hmm. world where they just get into sort of throwing 
anything up. Like this guy was uh, the third bassist for Aerosmith. Yeah, totally. And, you know. Lou Ferrigno DNA yes. in your ink. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation uh, with Jay Bennett and Ruth Goodwin. We're going to talk about Jay's new film. He produced it. It's called Darken, uh, directed by Audrey Cummings. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. In studio, we have Jay Bennett. He is the producer of Darken. More about that in just a second. And Ruth Goodwin is here. She has a show coming up called Entrances and Exits. Uh, It's an improv show. We will talk all about that in the next segment. Uh, But you have recently joined the cast of Private Eyes, starring Jason Priestley, playing a rookie cop. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, her name's Danica Powers. She's Danica Powers is a great name. I know. (laughs) Um, You don't tell me. And uh, yeah, it's she's. She's just this uh, just firecracker, new, keen cop that uh, kind of messes everything up a little bit. Are you bit. amusing in the show? Because it hasn't aired yet. We haven't amusing. seen it. I try to be amusing. Yeah, no, it, we're, they're, they're in season two right now, which is yeah. airing right now. And then but I haven't this seen be, you in it yet. Yeah, I'll be in season three next next season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so, well, so we've got a little ways to go yeah. before we see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will keep my fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jay, so tell me about Darken. Darken is a lot of things. It's not just a movie. It's kind of the future of movie marketing and and the way things are probably going to go. Um, maybe. Uh, I, yeah. I think we really it's set... one element of it, anyway. Yeah, we set out on this journey uh, four or five years ago, too long ago, um, but really with the objective of trying to, especially with independent cinema, uh, I think it's harder and harder these days to simply make a film and then walk out there and ask who wants to watch it. I, right. I think... Um, uh, you need to th- go where the audience is and you need to provide multiple points of entry. And like the music industry, I think there's something to letting people hear the music before they buy a ticket to the show. So we tried to apply that to a feature. Um, so we did a lot of audience research in advance of even writing anything to really understand the audience we were making it for, horror fans, uh, female skewing horror fans in particular. Um, we then set out to build a team around that. So we got uh, the awesome Audrey Cummings to direct it, who made a great film uh, a couple years ago called Berkshire County. Um, We put a really strong female crew around her. I have this awesome photo on on social of about 20 of the crew, all women, watching us film. Uh, We put a really uh, diverse and uh, unique female cast in front of it. We have a female hero, female villain, female sidekicks. Um, but then just went out to make sort of a, a kick-ass sort of action horror sci-fi film. To get people to understand it before you go and say, hey, buy a ticket, come to the movie. For a thing uh, called Darken. We don't know what Darken. it is, and it's not based on a comic book, it's not a video game, it's not anything that we're so used to these days in terms of source material. Yeah, source material actually for this was from a very young writer named R.J. Lackey, who uh, started just writing uh, stories, episodes of this world, and posting them on the internet. Wow. And he had about 36 up when we discovered them. Wow. Um, so, uh, first you can go to YouTube right now, you can watch the prequel to the series. It's called Darken Before the Dark. That's an 11-part short-form digital series that gets you into the world. It stalls, stars uh, Joe Del Ferlin from Dark Matter and a number of the cast that are in the feature. You can go to the hashtag Darken Provides and participate in a whole social media experience where we've been creating content and having a conversation with fans for the last year. Mm. Um, starting uh, June 29th on Friday, uh, the Darken hit cinemas. So uh, across Canada at Landmark and Cineplex Cinemas, go to darkenprovides.com. Um, one-night-only experiences as well as week-long engagement experiences, including the premiere at uh, Young and Dundas uh, Cinema. 
And then uh, launching next week with the premiere again, if you uh, make it to Young and Dundas, you can do the VR experience where you actually get to step inside the world of Darken. Um, and you can go online and pre-order. And I think that's a big part of it is, is people don't just go to cinemas anymore. You need to be able to create the cinema experience at home. Here's the, the, the crass question about this is mm -hmm. there's so many moving parts to this and so many elements to it. And there's a web series. How do you make money off a web series like that? Uh, I think, or do you? I mean, is that important? No. Uh, in the sense that I think um, part of the evolution of digital, and I've been in that world now for 15 years, is I, I think for, for too long that's still seen as the content play. I see that as the marketing play. Right. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in the center, you have your 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 merchandise. And yeah. whether your merchandise in this world is a movie, is a t-shirt, is a concert, whatever that is, I think the new world of, of marketing requires uh, more and more to cr create as many entry points as you can for audiences. Um, look, Avengers works because for six months they buy every billboard yeah. in mm -hmm. every city and they just inundate you till you're so afraid to miss it. <laughs> um, <laughs> in, independent uh, uh, doesn't really have that bang, so we yeah. need to be more creative. And I think people respond so much more to story, um, hence a digital series where I actually get to understand it, be with the characters, than simply putting up posters in bus shelters. And you have created a world. Yes. I mean, this is, this is something that... Uh, there are the, the short stories that were online, but again, this isn't based on a, on something that, that a lot of people are familiar with, like new, the, the, the Hulk stories that go back for decades. This is a new thing. So you've created this world and you need people to understand the world. Yeah. Uh, uh, understand it, play with it. Uh, again, on social, we've got all these awesome pieces of fan art that people around the world have created. And, and tell us what the, what the world entails. Uh, uh, Darken is the story of, um, a world, there's a doorway. Um, let's imagine it exists right here today. Right. And uh, Mother Darken, um, if you are feeling like you are a lost person of this world, Mother Darken might one day come, and the next doorway you walk through, you step into Darken. Um, Darken was functioning great for a long time, but then it was overthrown by this, uh, this evil sort of uh, despot named Clarity. And our film starts where uh, a young woman named Eve steps through a doorway into Darken. She's the first to ever come into this world for a very long time. And she's about to be the first uh, to ever try and escape. And so she teams up um, with this uh, band of female sort of rogue misfits. And they try and find their way through Darken, uh, locate Mother Darken, and find the key to the way out. So it's... Uh, it's horror, it's sci-fi. Um, wow. I think for Audrey who made it, certainly her touch points were things like Blade Runner, mm -hmm. Aliens. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a lot of fun and hopefully people can come out and check it out in some form. Yeah, and, and this show is heard across the country, so people will have a chance everywhere to, to have a look at this. Uh, yeah, we are playing for week-longs. Uh, we're in Toronto, Calgary, uh, Ottawa, St. Catharines, Winnipeg, and Whitby. And then on the, the, the 29th, uh, we're doing some uh, one-night engagements, Calgary, Halifax, Sudbury, Windsor, and Vancouver. Wow, all over the place. It's cool that the idea of movie marketing is no longer written in stone. Yeah, it was for a long time. It, it was, and I think, um, you know, what started this for me is is five years ago, I went to the Vancouver International Film Festival um, to as, a, as someone who works a lot in digital to work with filmmakers. Right. And all of them when you sort of talked about what their marketing plan was, they were like, well, uh, we're going to apply to some festivals yeah, yeah. and, um, you know, see yeah, what happens. See what happens, yeah. And uh, you realize, uh, again, how disconnected that is from the realities. It's so hard to get bums and seats, hence having this opportunity to sit here with you and tell this story. 
uh, more so than ever. And I, I think um, the traditional mainstream press and the pr traditional approach still has a place. But I think for every producer or every creator, um, even in theater, you need to go and think about new ways to uh, make awareness and bring people into the world. Totally. We'll, we'll pick that up uh, on the other side of the break. Uh, my guests, Jay Bennett and Ruth Goodwin, stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krause. Jay Bennett, the producer of Darken, is in studio. You just heard about the interesting and unusual marketing approach that you're taking. Uh, I imagine if we you know, were to fast forward 10 years, I wouldn't have to say unusual marketing approach anymore. I think this is probably kind of where things are pointed. This is where things are pointed. The next one will be where you put on some type of headset and you are in the movie. I prefer sitting in a dark room with other people and watching a movie still, but I'm old. Also, Ruth Goodwin is here. Uh, next season on the Jason Priestley show, Private Eyes, you will see her as... Uh, Danica Powers. Danica Powers. Yeah. That's a good name. She Great plays name. a fiery rookie cop mm -hmm. who will also amuse and delight you. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully. In, <laughs> between uh, now and then, though, you can see her on stage. I uh, And I was congratulating you on this before the... Uh, mics were turned on. I just saw you in a show called Punk Rock. Mm -hmm. uh, that was absolutely fantastic. Thank you. And I've known you for a long time. Mm -hmm. And when uh, I I didn't know you were an actor for a long time, or I hadn't <laughs> seen you in anything for yeah. a long time, and now I'm seeing you in everything. And uh, and you're really good. Thank it's really you. Good. It's yeah, nice to see. We've you. had a really lucky year. I've had a really lucky year, and our my theater company has as well. But you worked for it. I mean, you know, the mm -hmm. idea that there were. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I uh, got the impression that maybe in the beginning there weren't a lot of jobs out there for you. It was harder to find them. Yeah. So you said, okay, well, I'll just create my own. Yeah, totally. That's what happened. And we, uh, I run the Howland Company with 10 other actors in the city. And uh, we started five years ago with a, a fringe show called 52 Pickup mm -hmm. that... Uh, you were here to talk about um, it. Yes, I, I was here to yeah. talk about it. And uh, uh, we just, we were sort of either not working or we were uh, sort of the young person in a, a cast of much older people. And mm -hmm. the casting in Toronto does tend to, you do sort of have to pay your dues in Canada a bit more than you do in the States. They don't take um, as many risks on young uh, young people, especially in the theater sometimes. Um, but hopefully all that's changing, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we, we started this company it, it's our five year anniversary, uh, this month. Well, and, th that yeah. was around the time that you wrote an article in the Globe and Mail about mm -hmm. your quarter life crisis. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was a really fun, uh, little article I wrote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, but that was five years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Was it around uh, there? No, that would have been, I would have been on. Uh, I must have been on the show. We remounted 52 Pickup a, a oh, while. Oh, so maybe so. that was it. Yeah, yeah so, that wasn't necessary. Because I remember when, when you wrote that, it, it, it was, I, I thought at first, oh, how amusing. And then you read it and there was a, a real sense of, of, of uh, seriousness to it because I think millennials and younger people um, are experiencing different things than I did when I was 20. Totally, yeah. And, and ex experiencing them feeling like they are alone, yeah. which was the, I think... Um, beauty of that article, which um, had a, a lot of positive um, response to it, which was awesome. So entrances and exits mm -hmm. is something different again. Mm -hmm. So punk rock was a very serious show yeah. uh, that had, uh, I think, three laughs in it, maybe, maybe four, yep. but it wasn't, it wasn't a knee slapper. No. And uh, lemons, 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 funnier, yep. but not still, not exactly a comedy, a relationship 
dramedy, yes. probably. So um, this is a much different thing that you're about to step out on stage and do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, I my best friend, uh, Liz Johnston, she's a phenomenal improviser in the city, and we grew up together, um, and she always did improv all through high school, and I always did uh, straight plays and drama. And um, we, but we uh, have for years now been developing this format where we, the plan was always to bring improvisers, sort of punchline pushing improvisers and grounded theater actors into a, a room together and um, create an hour long improvised play. Um, and so we used to run this format in Liz's mom's house for her <laughs> friends. Um, to, and it was the, the concept is. Um, it's an improvised farce play and right. uh, based on this, the uh, structure of plays like The Norman Conquests or uh, Noises Off, if you've ever yeah, yeah. Uh, seen this, those. The, uh, the play that goes wrong, something yeah, like that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it's set in uh, two adjoining rooms in the same house over the same uh, sort of 40-minute period. So uh, in Act 1, you'll see what's happening in the living room and then we'll flip the stage and in act two you'll see what happened over the same sort of half hour from the perspective of the adjoining bedroom. It's kind of like The Affair, the television show The Affair that tells the story from two different perspectives. Exactly. And so it's all, the reason it's called Entrances and Exits is because it's it's that's big farce. door slamming farce. That's, that's it's farce, lots yeah. of entrances and exits, and the payoff in the second half is sort of a, a like uh, you know understanding what the noises and the entrances, what was going on in the other room. So it's improvised. So mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show, do you like, hey everybody, give me a place name and give me a is it is it structured in that way? Yes. Yeah, so we have a get um, and because that's it. But every improv show needs that. You have yeah. to show people that this is. Improvised, we're making yeah. it up because then it's just a badly written play that people think. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, we ask people for a location and three noises you would hear uh, from a bedroom. Um, three noises you might not want to hear from a bedroom, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. you'll hear them and then we'll justify them later on. And where will people see this? So it's going to be at the Factory Theater during the Toronto Fringe Festival. Yeah, so that's in in Toronto. And and if it's successful, will you take it other places? Probably, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's something we've been developing for a while. It can go on the road anywhere if um, you know the Citadel Theater wants to take us in, <laughs> out west, or you know if they want us out east. But. Uh, yeah, hopefully it goes well. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. Are you nervous? <laughs> yeah, I'm nervous. It's going to be, it's, we have amazing improvisers and amazing yeah. actors. We've got a bunch of people from Second City and a bunch of people from sort of Soul Pepper in the theater community and Toronto Howland company members. Um, so it's, we've got it down about 80% of the time. And now we have one week left. We have Colin coming in tomorrow for rehearsal and we have to get it up to, hundred percent of the time. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And so what, how do you rehearse an improv show? Um, it's, it's, I, I like equate it to practicing as a musician. Like it's, we're just practicing. It's, it's hard to rehearse it because it's different every time we have, we try all different kinds of gets, but really you have to lock down the structure of it. Um, there are technical things that the switch of the stage is very particular. The sounds when they kind of will happen um we won't know what they are but um <laughs> and you're just practicing you're just using the muscles over and over again improv yeah, yeah. is such a muscle um and it needs to be 
uh, worked and worked and worked. Yeah. Yeah. Flexed. Flexed. Exactly. I, I just saw uh, the play that goes wrong. Yes, in I London. saw. It. Oh yeah. And so much fun. So fun. I and, saw it in New York. Yeah. yeah. And and it is uh, it's a it's a play put on by. You know, the idea is that it's a play put on by an amateur theater yeah. company and everything that could go wrong goes <laughs> wrong. And at first I thought, I don't know if I can sit through two hours of this. Yeah. And by the end of it, uh, I was like, it, it, I was thoroughly entranced by it. But part of my enjoyment, and this is part of the thing, Jay, I'll bring you in here. Mm. So part of the thing that I loved about it. And well, you were saying, you know, eventually we're all going to be wearing little goggles and that will be, you know, our movie will be in the movie. That's going to be our movie going experience. Um, going to see the the play goes wrong in London was so kind of joyful for me to hear an audience laugh, to sit with a bunch of strangers. Mm -hmm. And in particular, the woman who was sitting next to me uh, was following, she must have been a theater student or an acting student or something. She had the, the script with her and she was kind oh, of following lovely. along yeah. with it, you know. But she was so... Uh, delighted yeah. by the show and giggling and 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 like so taken with it that my response to the show was enhanced because I was sitting next to someone who was absolutely totally. gobsmackingly happy to be there. It's still when it goes right, it is still the most powerful medium of yeah. entertainment. Uh, yeah. When you said noises off, yeah, uh, to me that is the great classic. If you get a chance to see that. Yeah, uh, on a stage. Yeah. Once that audience starts to roll up with that laughter, and you—it's just like a ride. It's yeah. the best. Yeah. It's there's, the best. There's nothing like live, uh, live theater, live or just movies. I mean, it's there's nothing like being I, in a room with people I, I, laughing. I, yeah, laughing. I, well, oh I, my or, god. Or whatever the reaction yes. is. I mean, I've said this before in the show, but I, I think that it's hardwired into our DNA to enjoy entertainment with other people. Sit yeah. in a room with strangers and, you know, oh my, uh, yeah. someone's facing this way, a bunch of people are facing the other yeah. way and there's a couple of lights and and to hear the laughter or the crying or the whatever is part of the, the entire experience. We'll pick that up on the other side of the break uh, with Ruth Goodwin from Entrances and Exits and uh, Jay Bennett Darken, uh, go to darken. Dot, uh, darkenprovides.com. Darkenprovides.com and get all the details of where you can see this uh, film or the VR experience or even find out the web series uh, online. Uh, check it out and we'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richard Krauss. Uh, in studio, we have uh, a couple of very special guests. And a little bit later on with those guests, we're going to talk about Kevin Spacey. Will you go see his new film? You're going to have a chance to. It's called Billionaire's Boys Club, and it's coming to theaters in August. We'll discuss that with Jay Bennett. Uh, you can go to darkenprovides.com and find out all about Darken, this really interesting world slash movies slash VR project slash web series uh, that's out uh, right now. And, uh, and, and, and check it out. Audrey Cummings is the director. Uh, really cool cast. And I've seen part of it. And I'll tell you why I only saw part of it uh, shortly. And, um, and, and it looks very cool. And I will go to the theater and see the whole thing. Ruth Goodwin's also here. Entrances and Exits is an improv show with uh, some people uh, that you'll want to see do improv, mm -hmm. some seasoned improvers, improvisational actors, and then some dramatic actors. They're going to bang them together and see what happens. Yep, it's like oil and water, yep. like salt and vinegar. I don't know yeah, what it's no, like. Yeah, no, it is like that. Yeah. yeah. But no, so, it's actually like a nice, well-mixed salad dressing. It's like hot, it's like warm hot dog water. It's like warm no, hot no, dog water. No, entrances and exits is nothing <laughs> like warm hot dog water. 
And you can see that uh, at the Toronto Fringe Festival. Yeah. Ho- hopefully people heard the early segment yeah, to understand right. that yeah. and didn't just tune in now because yeah. that would sound weird. Hot dog water. Mmm, I want some. <laughs> so Kevin Spacey uh, had filmed a number of movies before the allegations against him came out. Uh, one of them famously uh, was completely revamped with a different actor, Christopher Plummer, taking his part. Mm-hmm. They did it very quickly. Uh, another one called Billionaire's Boys Club uh, didn't have the luxury of having Ridley Scott as the director, uh, a giant budget, weren't able to reshoot perhaps uh, Spacey's parts a little bigger, who knows. Uh, but it's coming out. It's coming out in August. And the question remains. That's what it's called, Billionaire's Boys Club? Based on a true story. Okay. And and the, the kind of unsettling thing about this, though, is that Spacey plays an older guy who takes advantage of young men. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just so, like the Louis C.K. thing when his he had a film about um, basically yeah. exactly what he was yeah. accused of. I, I, with Louis C.K., you know, I, I, it, it's difficult to talk about Louis C.K. in some know. ways because, for me, he is someone who... Uh, is a kind of a genius, I think. I, mm-hmm. I'd seen him do stand-up. I saw him do stand-up in clubs, man, when he mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. when when he would just come in and destroy an audience. You're just seeing a, a comedian at, uh, at the, the top of his game. I hosted a, an event with him at uh, Just for Laughs one year, and uh, the two of us on stage for over an hour. And, you know, uh, again, I, I couldn't believe how, his mind worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this film that he made, the name of which escapes me right now, uh, is kind of sort of based on his peccadillos in yeah. real life. Hmm. And it's almost like self-sabotage or something. It's almost like he knew it was coming, so he was going to make an artistic statement about it beforehand. So he, he, this is kind of a, a different situation. Spacey's just making movies. He was yeah. just banging movies out True. one after the other, uh, riding high on the success of House of Cards. And now it's coming out. And Ruth, will you go, will you run to the theater to see Kevin Spacey? No, absolutely not. Would you have seen it before all this? Uh, possibly. Did you think Kevin Spacey was a good actor? Uh, yes, absolutely. I did. Yeah. I thought he was. I mean, I, I think he is a great actor. Yeah. Being a great actor is, doesn't excuse uh, being a terrible person. Yeah. Um, we, we can't. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. But yeah, I, I, I just find it um, so. So interesting. I, I hope it doesn't do well. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine that it's check, well. check out the trailer. It's uh You know what I'll see instead? Darkness. Darken. Darken. Close. The Darken. I'm so good, sorry. Good answer. Good plug. That's what so, I'll see. Uh, so, Jay, so this movie comes out. Let's just say, hypothetically, this movie comes out, makes a gabillion dollars. It's not going to, but let's just say it does. You're a movie producer. Kevin Spacey calls you up and says, I want to be in Darken 2. Uh, oh, wow. Um, well, look, I think, I think if for some reason it goes and does that, uh, this question in this debate is bigger than a movie, I think. Yep. And, and this starts to bring questions about, um, uh, the divide between, uh, artists and who they are as people, mm-hmm. um, uh, how life functions, like second chances. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying that he deserves any of that. I, I just think this dialogue and and what we are going through as a society right now is um, <laughs> going to take time and is deep and is depth. And uh, on a movie, I don't know uh, how we decide things, be it, be it Lucy K, Kevin Spacey, yep. Charlie Rose. Um, it, it's interesting. There, there's uh, a, a new display coming to the AGO in Toronto, the Art Gallery of Toronto. 
of Ontario. And they are going to uh, put signs up detailing the sexual abuse uh, that uh, are alleged to have happened against one of the artists. And, you know, mm. I, I've been asked a great deal about this because I've talked a lot about this on the radio and mm -hmm. on television and things. And for me, I think that it's in that case, which is different than Spacey and different than the other things, um, that it's it, it's like painting more of the picture. It's like giving you all the information that you need to understand someone's art or decide that you don't want to see their art or mm -hmm. whatever it is. I mean, we've all known for decades that Picasso wasn't a very nice guy. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. he treated women terribly, mm -hmm. uh, treated people generally as family members terribly. And, and yet... You know, at the Tate Modern a couple of weeks ago, I watched a, a lineup form in front of uh, of Picasso. So people, you know, judge, it seems, almost on an individual basis. And I think that, you know, when you have the information, you make the decision yourself whether you're going to go or not. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I mean, there, there are different situations, but they're similar in, in the ways that uh, I, I don't know if Lucy Kay was making that film as an artistic response because that film had been made long before the, the story had come out. But, but, but there were but, rumors about it. I'm not sure. I just, I, 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 he's such a smart dude absolutely. that I just think that there was something. Yes. I, but it also, up until even a year ago, like this stuff was okay. Like Louis C.K. Yeah. had that script. Uh, um, Kevin Spacey had this script and we're like, this is okay. This is my life and this is okay. And yeah. now the temperature has changed such that, no, actually it's not okay. And a lot of um, women who didn't have a voice 10 years ago because social media didn't exist as to the same uh, yeah. extent 10 years ago have a voice now. Um, and uh, and so it, it, it's it's... It's interesting. I think I think these people, these artists genuinely thought and that subject matter was okay. There's films that you know, I watched in college that I watch now that are so dated and hard to watch now, but I was okay with that subject yeah. matter at the time. Um Molly Ringwald has come out and talked about uh, the patriarchy in the films that she made with John Hughes and the way women are treated in them and, and suggest that now she's not okay with it at the time though. It, it felt different, time, but that yeah. was 30 years ago. Yeah. So. But even, even 10 years ago, it was, it was, uh, um, even five years ago, like it's, there's been such a change. Oh, even three years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it, th this has been a remarkable change yeah. in a very short amount of time. It feels almost like it's been with us for a long time, yeah. but it hasn't really. That's and the thing. I feel like I felt it very, uh, very strongly because I'm, I'm pretty young and new, but I've been working pretty hard for yeah. a long time. And there's scripts and stories that I've been banging down doors to get, uh, to get read, to get seen. And literally in the last six months, since Harvey yes. Weinstein and then since our Canadian theater mogul as well, um, uh, my friends and my voice have been heard a lot more, Right, which is awesome, mm. which is really cool. Uh, one last topic here, and this is uh, a story that's a couple of weeks old, but I just want to get your opinion on it. I'm speaking with Ruth Goodwin from Entrances and Exits mm -hmm. at the uh, Toronto Fringe Festival, also Next season on Private Eyes and Jay Bennett, uh, check out darkenprovides.com and you'll find out all about his latest project. Very cool stuff. So a clarinetist, a genius clarinetist is going to school and he's offered the, the, the studying opportunity of a lifetime to play and learn from the best in the world. And his girlfriend got the email first and said, oh no, you're not moving away and deleted it and wrote a letter back saying thanks, but no thanks. 
and and no one could understand it. No one ever turns down this teacher, mm-hmm. and and this this student couldn't understand why. I'm one of the best players in the world. Why not? Then it turns out that she had done all this. Now they had broken up since, but she has recently been uh, told that she has to pay the guy three hundred seventy five hundred thousand uh, dollars because of her despicable interference. Jay. But it'd be more awkward if they were still together, I gotta be honest. <laughs> Can you imagine? Sit there, yeah, sitting across. I'm gonna see you. Um, geez. Well, that's clearly she loved the guy. Um, I don't think that's uh, <laughs> clearly despicable. I mean, I'm the, 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 the cajones on her to it's do the, that is pretty the impressive. It's for love, right? Yeah. It's, it's you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and for me, I'm just not sure. This is a, a career altering decision that Huge. she made. Yeah, oh, I I hate it. It's, it's We're living together and Juilliard calls yeah. and I'm like, "Oh, Ruth isn't home and she's she doesn't yeah. live here anymore." Bang. And and uh what he was a violinist, is uh, that right? Clarinetist. clarinetist. So there's like no mar- like the market for that's very small. Very narrow. Especially like to play classical yeah. music, which I believe he was yeah. like that it I like, and that was I think it was a long time ago. It was ten years ago, or a while well, ago. It was some time ago, yeah. But so I mean, the three hundred thousand is is to make up for the income he, he maybe would have, would have yeah. made, which yeah. I believe he would have. And the difference between going to a school like that, being trained like that, and then p- playing a, the clarinet yeah. back in Montreal for, yeah. is. The clarinet else. market in Montreal is not uh, I, blowing I, up today. I'm not familiar with it. Unless it is, and now we <laughs> Maybe feel. they need some web marketing. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. The prequel VR, to the... Yeah, a VR well, experience. But, but, I mean, in another time, uh, if it wasn't such an unhappy ending... You could also see how it could be the great, like this great. It could be love a great story. love story. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe it's the subject of a movie, if nothing else, because he'll never get the three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. I don't no. think. No. Jay Bennett has been here. Go to darkenprovides.com to find out all about this multi-pronged marketing exercise for a film called Darken, but it's more than that. It's a world. There's a VR yeah, component. Yeah, it's, it's an experience. It's, it's an it's experience. A world. Um, you can step into it, yeah, darkenprovides.com to learn about the movie, uh, hashtag darkenprovides to go and experience and sort of join the conversation on social, and come check it out in theaters, or pre-order and watch it in your home theater or play it on VR. It's way better than Billionaire's Boys Club. <laughs> Ruth Goodwin is Made here. It. See her at the Toronto Fringe Festival in entrances and exits, and then next season, I'm privatized with Jason Priestley. Uh, thanks for listening in. Thanks to everybody at home. Thanks to you guys, and thanks to Andre on the board.